This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, in the middle of the night, he heard someone in the hallway of the dorm. The footsteps stopped at his door, and he clearly heard someone say... And here I come. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Share those real ghost stories with us. You can call them in at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You can become a premium subscriber. No commercials, advanced episodes, access to the archive. Sign up through Apple Podcasts. Try it three days free. Or go through patreon.com slash real ghost stories or go to ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carol Hughes and Kathy Gordon's here today. I am here today. So, um, so many stories about haunted colleges. So many, right? So many. You know, but I do think it kind of makes sense. There's just, I know because I've worked at colleges my entire life that there's just a lot of energy and emotion and people are at kind of the prime of their physical lives. And there's just all sorts of drama that goes with it. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't, you know, since maybe we don't exactly, you know, reach our, you know, potential until we're closer to 25 or whatever, you know, I think sometimes students make crazy decisions and, you know, so much happens on a college campus. I can understand why maybe if something would happen, that would be where you would go back to, where you felt most alive. Right. Yeah. And it's you interesting, know. though, because there's a lot of haunted schools, you know, like grade schools, mm-hmm. middle schools, high schools. Sure. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. But I do see like teachers but we've heard about like janitors haunting. a lot of janitors mm-hmm. now this mm-hmm. i have no idea what the hell this person encountered at their college because it's creepy back to our conversation in just a moment first i want to thank our supporter today nutrisense that is actually the sound of the nutrisense biosensor that i've been wearing with nutrisense it's really amazing. I've learned some very interesting things about my food and drink choices and how it all affects my body and also how sleep, exercise, stress, all of that exercise plays a big role in my health as well. Your glucose levels can significantly impact how your body and mind feels and functions. NutriSense lets you analyze your glucose levels in real time in response to food, exercise, stress, sleep. It's been, like I said, very fascinating to see my results and see what I need to do different to feel my best all the time. NutriSense includes one month of free board-certified nutritionist guidance and support. My nutritionist has been super helpful going over the results, the data, and answering any questions I have so I can fully understand what exactly this system is, how it works, and what I can do 
to make it work best for me. It keeps me accountable by messaging me when I'm going off my plan. It's kind of nice. Yes, NutriSense has helped me take better choices into account about what I eat. NutriSense has really helped put in perspective for me what I need to do to feel my best in terms of losing weight, mental acuity, physical fitness, all of that. It can do the same for you too. Start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Visit NutriSense.com slash ghost and get $30 off your first month and one month of board-certified nutritionist support. When they ask how you learned about NutriSense, make sure you tell them it was the Real Ghost Stories online podcast. So it says, I've been listening for a couple of months and I've come to see that there are certain characteristics that the ghosts in people's stories seem to share. I hesitate to share my story because I had an experience, the only one I've ever had, where something spoke very clearly and yet only spoke four words. The clarity of the words, spoken in such clear and eloquent tone, seems to contradict much of what I've heard on your show so far. I hear stories of faint whispers and single words, and the lucidity of my experience seems almost to be too vivid to fit the norm. But regardless, here's my story. I'm going to jump in right there. And, you know, I think it is interesting that there probably is more whispered voices. I heard giggling. I heard those muffled voices like from the other room. I do think that's more common. But we've talked before about, you know, you and I hearing our names clear as day. Mm -hmm. Or like that one time I heard somebody say my dog's name. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can get, I, I don't know that, you know, now that he said that, I don't know that I've ever heard much of like an entire sentence. Like people, uh, then I heard, well, I would love to go to the store with you, Bob, but I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, we don't hear that kind of thing. Well, no, but I would have say that one time I heard somebody say just absolutely plain as day, don't answer the door. That's right. In that house when we were kids, you heard that. So that's a little bit longer. I did hear that. Yeah. One, come to think of it, that one time when I heard that man's voice, when I almost got in that car wreck, I heard a man's voice say, speed up. Very mm-hmm. clearly. So maybe it's, I don't think, and I do think he's right. I think that it's not as common to hear those. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from other people who have Got well, an experience tell me the story. The, this story, in so we understand the context of, Here of you how go. this. It says it was 1998. I was in my third year at the University of Toronto, an old and historic school nestled in downtown Toronto. The buildings range in age, but some date back to the middle and later 19th century. My story takes place in and around University College, a historic building. It was the summer, so the campus was not as busy as it was during the regular school year. I was taking a summer course on short stories. Because I had a paper due that week, I'd been at the university from early morning until the evening. As evening came on, I was faced with a couple of options. Because I was living off campus over the summer, to go home would mean a 30-minute subway ride plus another 30 minutes on a bus. And I knew I would have to be back in the morning, so I would have to do the reverse trip in just a few hours. 
The other option was to spend the night in a room on the campus. The university always keeps a selection of rooms open for visiting scholars, family, or students needing sporadic overnight accommodations. I chose to seek out a room because I could work well into the night in a quiet atmosphere. I went to the university college specifically to the Sir Daniel Wilson Hall. This residence was built in the 19th century and had traditionally only been open to men. The hall is a long building, only two stories high, climbing to three stories in some spots, and looks more like an attached or row townhouse than an apartment building. I spoke with a student volunteer working at the residence info desk and found a room available for only $30. She told me that if I needed anything, I could just come to the desk anytime since the night shift guy would be there all night. She told me that while there were a few students staying in the building that night, there were no visitors, so I would be the only person staying on the visitor's floor. I took the key and made the way I took the key and made my way to the room. It was down one level of stone stairs in the hallway where the room was located felt hard under my feet despite being covered by a thin green carpet. This point is relative to the story. I turned the key in the lock, set in the doorknob, and entered the room. It was a basic college dorm room. Standing in the doorway, I saw a single bed with a nightstand beside it. There was a lamp, an electric alarm clock on the stand. Directly in front of me was a window. And because I was on the lowest level of the residence, the window was probably five feet from the ground and was smaller, with iron grating protecting it from the outside. Finding the room in good order, I entered, and I let the door close behind me. It was about 8 p.m. I realized I did not have a change of clothes or any toiletries, so I walked over to the communal showers and took a shower. Fortunately, there was a complimentary but tiny bar of soap and a bottle of shampoo in the room. Feeling refreshed, I was determined to make use of the solitude to dig into my paper. I laid on the bed with my feet at the head of the bed and my head at the foot. I placed a pillow under my chest to prop myself up as I read and jotted down notes from my books. This was before everyone had laptops, so I took notes on paper and only took to my massive desktop computer when it was time to write the final paper. I lay writing for a couple hours, only getting up to give my back a stretch once in a while. I've never been much of a sleeper. Even today, I can manage two to four hours at night. Could you imagine oh. that? No, no, no. Ooh. I've got to sleep a lot more You've than that. You've got to have more sleep than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was around 11.30 p.m. when the strange occurrences began. Because the room was so quiet, I found my attention immediately distracted by the sound of footsteps echoing from somewhere in the hallway outside my room. They were steady steps, and although they broke the silence of the night, I assumed it was the night clerk doing his rounds of the building. And I went back to my books. The steps continued past my room and eventually faded. About 20 minutes later, the steps started again. I listened to the steps again as I stared at the door. I remember furrowing. I can't say that. He like did that thing with his eyebrows. And holding my... Furrowing. There, I got it out that time. And holding my breath as the steps came nearer. My concern rose slightly at hearing the steps because I remembered that the floor in the hallway 
was clearly stone with a thin layer of carpet. There should have been no audible echoing footsteps. I got up on one elbow facing the door. The steps were getting closer. I got up slowly from my bed, trying not to allow the old mattress to creak, and I stood up. I was beside the bed and stood still, my heart beginning to heave in my chest and my breath becoming more intermittent. I decided to put my ear to the door. I wanted to hear the person walk by. I was only a step away from the door when I heard the steps stop. I am not sure if the sound stopped outside my door or not. In the moment, I just knew the silence of the room had returned. I hesitantly put my ear to the door. As I strained to hear, a calm, smooth voice of a man seemed to resonate through the door and said, And here I come. What a creepy thing to hear. Well, really... I was terrified by the clarity of the voice and the chilling words, and I stepped back, nearly tripping as I backed into the bed. The doorknob began to turn slowly. I was nearly paralyzed with fear, but I remember the fear eased quickly, almost instantly dissolving into anger. A few times since that night, I've been in situations where fear became anger, but never have I experienced anything paranormal. In my anger, I lunged for the door, flung it open, ready to lash out at whoever was playing this trick on me, but there was nothing there, no one. In fact, the hallway was dark. Presumably, the lights were on a timer, and all I could see was the reddish glow of the exit light that hung from the ceiling a few feet from my door. Terrified, I went back into my room and pushed the flimsy wardrobe in front of the door. I returned to the bed, just sitting on it for a long while, staring at the part of the door that was still visible. I don't think I had any valuable thoughts over those hours, just thoughts about what had happened and how I could rationalize it. I did not sleep at all that night. I am am amazed that so many people who write into your show can sleep after paranormal experiences. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I was unable to sleep. Even when my eyes got heavy, there was never any hope of sleep coming to me. Around 6 a.m., I saw the lights from the hallway snap on and creep into my room from under the door, and I packed up and left. I didn't stop to ask the clerk anything on my way out. It was an older Indian man working the desk, and he just nodded politely as I slid my key on the counter and walked out the door. I've never had any other experiences that I would call paranormal, and because this event was 20 years ago now, It's hard to even accept it as being real. If it were not for the fact that it was terrifying terrifying and unexplainable, I would be tempted to pass it off as a dream. Thanks for reading this. I apologize for the overly flowery writing. I went on to get a PhD and to become a writer. So I tend to write everything like a novel. This story is true. The facts I included are true. And I didn't embellish anything. I wish I had made this up. Because it would have made it easier to believe I lived in a world where I could explain most of what I experienced. That is just, that's creepy. Well, and that is kind of the thing, right? That I think for most of us, we do go to that point, like afterwards, they're sitting on the bed. I'm, uh, you go through every scenario, 
what is it? What could it have been? Could it have been this? And maybe you go investigate that and then know that it wasn't it. And then it just drives you crazy because you can't come up with a reason for it. And this one is really quite, you know, spectacular in the fact that somebody's, you hear somebody say something, the door handle is moving. You just think, what the hell? I'm going to confront them. The door flies open, but nobody's there. And, and how it would have been impossible for them to get out of the way, right? They wouldn't have been suspecting you're going to throw the door open, so nobody would move out of the way, right? They would have still been standing there. Yeah. And so, to hear that of all things, and here I come. And here like, I come. What does that mean? Yeah, it's such an odd thing. And here I come. You know? And it being an old, old building, I think that one he said was 1900s. And that was the University of Toronto? I believe it was. It's just so... Let's see. Oh, 19th century. So the 1800s. University College. University College, Toronto. You know, I just wonder if there's other stories from that university. That can't be the only one. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think other people, if anybody else is out there listening and you know anything about that area or that, you know, uh, uh, you know, let us know. But it would be so creepy because he went to the door because he's listening because there was that thin carpet over, so you shouldn't be hearing, like, the clicking of someone's shoes. You shouldn't be hearing footsteps like that. Yeah. And then to walk up to the door, and then it's almost like it's come came from the other side, like, right there. Ugh. Oh. That is creepy. Well, here is a call. Hi. My name is Lori. Um, I have one story that's always kind of stuck with me since I was a kid. Uh, So when I was in first grade, there was a new girl in my class who I don't know exactly what she was born with, but since the time she was born, she had had, I think, two or three open heart surgeries. She was wheelchair bound, um, used oxygen, stuff like that. So when she came into our classroom, a lot of the kids were afraid of her because she just was different than all the other kids and you know we were all only in first grade and I just remember she used to sit on the playground by herself all the time so I would go out and or off of the playground and sit with her we would read books and that kind of thing because I felt bad that she was alone so about three quarters of the way through the school year she had had some other kind of um, planned surgery that we knew she was going to be out for. So the class spent about a week making her cards and stuff like that to decorate her hospital room. And and then she was out and she was going to be out for about a week and a half and then she was supposed to come back. Well, right before she was supposed to come back, the teacher asked us again to write cards um, that she was going to send to this girl. So we all drew pictures and, you know, wrote good uh get well soon things and then that weekend it was a Saturday my mom came in and told me you know your friend's not gonna be coming back to school 
something had happened during the surgery and she had died. And I remember getting so mad at my mom because I was like, that's not funny. You don't joke about that kind of thing. You know, that's not okay. And my mom was kind of confused and she was like, well, you know, why are you this upset? Like, why do you think I'm lying to you? And I told my mom, well, I was just playing with her yesterday after school. And my mom got this really confused look on her face and was like, what are you talking about? And to this day, I vividly remember I had woken up from like an after school nap and my friend was in my room and she was like, oh, good, you're awake. We can play. She wasn't in a wheelchair and she wasn't using oxygen. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, awesome. Your surgery worked like you're all better now because, you know, that's how I thought surgeries worked. And um, and I remember playing. I remember what we played. I mean, we had I, I physically like I remember doing all of this stuff and just playing with her. And then as it was getting later in the afternoon, she was like, OK, well, I have to go. I just wanted to tell you that um, you were such a good friend. You know, thank you for always sitting with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, when you get back to school, we'll we'll read this book that we had liked together and whatever. And she just kind of waved at me and then left my bedroom and I assumed went home. Now, thinking back, you know, it's very weird that why didn't I walk her out? Why didn't my mom, you know, come check on us? Whatever. But at the time, I was just like, oh, sweet. You know, my friend is doing better. So then the next day when my mom told me that she had died, you know, I had lost a grandparent at that point. So I had a very rudimentary idea of what death was and it was just impossible for me I was like that's I I just saw her and you know if she died a couple of days ago then you know how is that possible so I it's it's weird and my mom will still talk about it to this day where you know I'll walk into a house and get a weird feeling and she'll be like well you know you've always been weird like that so yeah, I don't know. I think that was my first real, like, something weird is going on, but I, it was just very normal to me. And um, But it was a happy memory, too. You know, I was I was glad she came to say goodbye to me. So, um, yeah, anyways, that's my story. Thanks, guys. That is interesting. Oh, my goodness. And they go for the, the, the most simple answer. And so, you know, the most simple answer was, Oh, your surgery works. Great. Let's play. You know, you look great. Okay, let's have a good time. And, and, and kids wouldn't think, oh, you can't be out of surgery yet, right? Because they just don't have all of the knowledge that they need to question things. And so when something paranormal might happen to them, they just go to the simple answer. She's here. This yeah, is great. and how good to see her. And she's right. Okay. That person standing there. That's awesome. You know, or whatever. You know, this person has come to play with me. And like she said, she did where the things she should have even maybe questioned, like, why didn't I walk her out? Yeah. You know, or why didn't my mom like take her home <laughs> or whatever? You know, you later you think about those, but you know, at the time, I'm guessing that the other child just said, okay, goodbye, and made it like, okay, and just walked right out the door. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, no big deal. I'm headed out. I'm going home. And like, it was okay. Think Everything's all right. And with little kids to you, it'd be like, oh, their parents are here to get them. Yeah. You know, or or something. So, but it must have been 
super comfortable the way she moved and moved out of the room that she didn't follow her. You know, I do think that, it's... that seemed to be right to let her go without yeah. following her. But that was really touching about how she said, thank you for being a good friend mm-hmm. and sitting with her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a good life lesson that, you know, you can be a good person and maybe, you know, your loved, your friend comes from beyond just to say, hey, I appreciated that. Yeah. You know, because her life wasn't normal by any means. That's right. That's just, I think that's the most beautiful part of that story is that the friend just basically wanted to see her and thank her and Mm -hmm. play with her one more time. Yeah. Mm, I like that story. That's a good one. Well, if you have a real ghost story, share it with us. You can call it in at any time, 855-853-4802. You can write it in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You could also become a premium subscriber if you want to. No commercials, advanced episodes, access to the archive. You can sign up through Apple Podcasts. You can also sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or at ghostpodcast.com. For all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thank you for listening.